0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Thank you, brother. Your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad.
0: People get ready. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on. Yeah. You hear the divas calling,
2: don't need no tickets,
0: you just thank the Lord.
1: So people get ready for the train to join.
0: on the door.
3: Welcome, welcome, peace and blessings, peace and blessings, welcome to another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I'm your co-host, Brother Yusef Muhammad, along with our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, and we're overjoyed that we're here once again thanking the Lord, as we heard from our dear brother in our opening song, Curtis Mayfield said, people get ready, there's a train a-coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to keep the diesel humming. You don't need no tickets. You just thank the Lord, praise the Lord, and in his name, no matter what you call him, Allah, Yahweh, God. We say that he intervened in the affairs of men in the person of Master W. Farid, Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever thanking him for his merciful intervention, that he would find one and raise one in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. Certainly most indeed, we can never thank them enough for leaving with us in this dispensation of time a torchlight for America, a warner to the nations of the earth, the one who has provided for us truth and guidance in this critical hour in the person of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In those three great yet humble names, I'm honored once again, brothers and sisters, to greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors, assalamu alaykum. simply means peace be unto you, unto you be peace. So at this time, brothers and sisters, here we are in the third week of December in the year 2023. So much is going on in our universe. So much is going on on planet Earth. So much is going on within ourselves and in our communities. So we welcome you. We thank you all for the honor of your ear. The privilege of your presence. Our first-time listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. Our consistent and constant listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. We know that you know. In order to get in tune with us and in touch with us, you either logged on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash blackholeradio, old spelled W H O L E dot com forward slash DACP, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, or you called in to area code 563-999-3089. And we humbly encourage you to share this with your database, share this with your network, because we say Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is all about first, self-investment, self-involvement, but is also community investment, community involvement, community partnership for community risk reduction. This program, for those who may be on the line for the first time, we here want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. As the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing, We need you to survive. As the sister-sister group Mary Mary was saying, survive. This program promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. Our objective on this program is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness, and to help you determine the best choices in any emergency response, to avert danger, and to save lives. Our vision here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility For the safety of themselves, their family, neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. Again, we thank you. We thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. I'm going to fall back and have my dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, welcome you in the way that he's being led. And then we'll proceed to give you what you need. Brother Rudolph,
1: Can I be heard? Yes, sir. We're reading it loud, clear. brother. continue. I'm going to get Brother Rudolph back on.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Forrest. We want to thank uh, Almighty God and the ancestors for giving us Black Hole Radio. Our dear engineer, Brother Forrest Muhammad, his wonderful wife, Sister Yvette, Brother Jason. And all those on their team, we thank them for sacrificing themselves every week that we would be a part of a series of excellent programs that they have uh, for our listening audience throughout the week. We just happen to broadcast and podcast, if you will, every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, you can always go to the archives by tuning into the same Paul Letters and uh, hear programs in the, that we've been blessed to uh, be able to broadcast. So we say every week we try to quote uh, something, a lyric out of a song, a scripture out of the Bible of the Holy Quran, or some Medunetra, something written on the hieroglyphs or actually quotes from the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to put you in tune with the time and what must be done with all that's going on around the world. So I'd like to share this quote that we oftentimes share of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And he says, and I quote, Those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, It is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and to do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, quote, unquote, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I've heard the voice of choice pop back on, and it gives me great pleasure to bring back our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, who will greet you in the way in which he's led and then, will continue to proceed to give you what you need. Brother Rudolph?
2: Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Beginning all things in the name of the Most High, the one true God, the God of the prophets, the God of creation, the I am that I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end that one who is responsible for your and my existence. We thank him for all of his many blessings and his grace and mercy. Thank him for intervening in our affairs by sending men and women into our lives to act in, on and through that we may witness of his goodness, we may partake of his mercy, and we may be able to share in his uncompromising, unconditional love. And That's so me. we thank him for sending us the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and we thank both of them for raising, teaching, guiding, and protecting our brother, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So in those three great names, I greet the family of Muhammad, the well-wishers of Muhammad, the supporters of Muhammad and even the detractors of Muhammad. I greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. of salamu alaikum
3: wa alaikum salam sir.
2: Thank you, sir. Yeah, you know, uh, again, this is week number two, strange mood, strange, peculiar mood, you know. However, thank almighty God, Allah, for whatever it is, I'm here. I'm still on this side of the dirt. I can feel the breeze blowing on my face. I can see the sun shining or the light coming through the clouds. I can witness to the real-time things that are going on. And, you know, we have to understand this is why it's called present. You know how for the use someone gets something and they wrap it up real nice and they give it to you, they tell you that I have a present for you and you can't wait to rip into the uh, wrapping paper and if it's in a box, rip the top off the box and throw it somewhere till you get down up under all the tissue paper to see what the present is. Well, that's how our lives are. Mm
0: -hmm. We're
2: in the present. We have been given a present by our creator by blowing the breath of life into us after the judgment of our soul the night before when we laid down. And some of us or some did not get back up today because their number was up. You know, mm-hmm. like it says in the DMV now serving number 75. Well, you know, it, life is somewhat like that. We're all we all have a ticket with a number on it and we're all in that great waiting room like Grand Central Station just waiting to hear our train coming, you mm, know, it's mm, so mm. appropriate for the, the song that opens up our show, you know, when you think about it, you know, we're all just um passengers on this road of life. Yes. Sir. And we have to make the best we have regardless to what it turns out to be. Because nothing is promised to us. We don't really deserve anything because we haven't earned anything. It's all Mm. grace and mercy. So the present that is given to us is just that. It's the here. It's the now. It's the real time. And so anything other than this tomorrow is a dream that we pray will come true, and yesterday is the past it's a memory that we should learn from so right go ahead as with as within auditing you know when you're talking to a person and you're trying to uh straightway that you want to bring them to mm. because it's only when you're in present time can you make um progress with something. You can't make progress in the past. You can learn from what happened, but you can't make progress in the past. You can't make progress in the future because it's not here. It's not really real. It's not tangible. It's a prayer that you're waiting to be answered. But what's here and now is the present, and that's where we have to Kind of stay and remain and deal with in order to do ourselves and those around us any justice, Brother Yusuf
3: Wow, Brother Rudolph, thank you, brother, for that opening because it was so much that I heard in what you were saying, you know there is a um, there's a, a a a a adage if you will, called the value of time. And, of course, mm. I'm saying to our listening audience, well, what does this have to do with disaster awareness for community preparedness? And I'm saying, number one, you have to value the time that you've been given.
2: That's right. And
3: so in this value of time and see it as a present. I'm going right. if I can pull it out of my mental Rolodex, Brother Rudolph. It says to yes, sir. realize the value of one year. Ask a student who just got left back. Wow. Realize the value of one month. Ask the mother of a premature child. Hmm. Go ahead. Realize Go ahead. the value of one week ask the editor of the Final Call newspaper or any weekly newspaper. Yes, sir. To, re- to realize the value of one minute, ask someone who just got left by a train or a bus. Hmm, come on. To realize the value of one second, ask someone who just avoided a car accident. Yes, sir. To realize the value of a millisecond or a yeah, is that what they call it? A millisecond. A millisecond, yes, sir. Millisecond. Yes, sir. Thank you. Ask the second place the silver medalist in a track or swing. Right. Yes, sir. That's right. It says That's it says, right. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why they call it the present.
0: Yes, sir. I got through it,
3: That's Brother right. Rudolph. Thank you for your prayers. Thank, yes, thank sir. you, That's listening right. audience, for brother, your good-bye. it's, good in, the yeah, it's in, I in the file cabinet. It's brother. I had to go
2: deep. All you got to gotta go do deep. is open the drawer. Open That's the, all. Open the drawer and open the file. That's it. It's already there. Yeah. The
3: value of time. I thought it was applicable based on your opening. Not to mention, uh, our listening audience don't know, does not know that we lost a good friend, a good brother, a good soul man uh, last night as a result of, really as we soulmate. understand it, a car accident. May Allah be pleased with Brother Toy Muhammad's life, and yes, sir. grant his family the necessary. Comfort that they need in this hour From Allah we right. come into Allah We shall return May Allah be pleased Once again and forgive our dear brother Of the short toy Muhammad uh, Such yes, a beautiful sir. brother And you know Just brings it home when you talk about Disaster preparedness I know we might not be able To be prepared for everything But we can at least reduce uh As best we can when calamity strike, when disaster strikes, first of all, we got to right. give credit to the creator because we wouldn't be here without the creator. I know you think the life germ that's of your right. father that met the ovum of your mother, biologically, that's true. But when you talk about right. sperm swimming upstream with intelligence, I think it was yes, the windings that said millions didn't make it. But I was one of the ones. But I was the one. They That's right. You were the one. Yes, sir. So, yeah. So the other thing you talked about brought to me uh, the ayat or the verse in the Holy Quran, Torah or chapter number seven, ayat or verse number thirty-four. It says, "For every nation, there is an appointed." Term, And when that mm. term ends You can neither Delay it Nor can you proceed it mm. So that was the walk For Brother Toy None of us That's know right. the day nor the hour You know I was having a conversation With my son earlier today And yes, uh, On December 23rd 2018 The same year That the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan lost Louis Jr. And Mother Khadija lost Ju- uh, Louis Jr. May Allah be pleased with him. That was 2018. So tomorrow yes, is the sir. 23rd of December. And That's And right. on the 23rd of December, I lost my son. May Allah be pleased with Brother D. May Allah
2: be pleased with him.
3: Yes, sir. I mean, in 2018. So, you know, from the earth we come, from Allah we come, the essence, and to Allah we all shall right. return. And the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, "If you want to get out of this world without dying, you should have never been born." It's just That's right. mathematics. It's just mathematics. So, thank you, Brother Rudolph, for being led the way you were being led. Uh, I want to get back to our, letting our listening audience know: really value your time. Value your yeah. time. And as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness, uh, Brother Rudolph knows and our consistent and constant audience knows that uh the Federal Emergency Management Agency did a survey a couple of years back on how at, they asked a question in their survey, how do we overcome barriers to perceive preparedness? Right. 17% said they believe getting the information is too difficult. But that's why we encourage you to stay in tune with us. 18% right. of that survey said they don't think they have time to prepare. But as long as you're breathing, you got all the time there is. You just have to have the will. And we're convinced that if you step, take one step toward those of like minds they'll take two steps toward you. You know, I had a nice conversation with our dear brother, Brother Rudolph, Brother Barry, as we were reflecting on Brother Toy. And, yes, sir. Uh, yeah,
2: I spoke just to him before he called you.
3: Yeah. Yes, sir. Just, just the fact that we all came together by Allah's grace and mercy, as you said earlier in your opening, undeserved right. kindness. We couldn't even have the conversation right. that we had, and it wouldn't be a show. if. Brother uh, Forrest And his family didn't have the vision uh, To call you And Lord knows I don't know why y'all called me But anyway (laughs) I'm eternally grateful for the invitation We know why (laughs) The
0: creator
2: knows Uh, why
3: Uh, Allahu Akbar God is the greatest So back to the survey family 24% said They don't know how to get prepared Well as they say in the mosque, you're in the right place at the right time under the right message. And 26% right. in this survey said they believe that preparing is too expensive. And that reminded me of uh, that bumper stick I used to say. see that said, if you think uh, yes, education sir. is expensive, then try, try ignorance. Right. So we thank you, family. We thank you. This is a solutions-based program. If you have any questions, comments, or constructive criticisms, we welcome that as well. Press one on your phone pad. You'll be brought into the studio. And we uh, look forward to addressing whatever questions, comments, or concerns you may have. And until then, we'll keep the ball rolling because we have information to give. One of the rules of engagement should be have something to record what you hear, uh, because there's so much information that we're blessed to give you. We just want to be clear in our delivery, and uh, we want you to be able to ask questions. So if we're not clear, you will let us know. Brother Rudolph.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. You know, we, December 22nd, 2023, this year, flew by.
3: Isn't that something? It's
2: almost over. Almost over. Things change the more they stay the same. We're back mm-hmm. into the winter season. The mm-hmm. weather is just taking a drastic turn, and now it's getting colder. And along with that getting colder, we have the rise of the COVID-19 or the COVID-20 or the COVID-21 or the COVID-19.20 or the COVID-19 Part A, uh, paragraph three, subparagraph five, six, and seven, <laughs> whatever they want to call it now.
3: Go ahead, brother. Yes, sir.
2: You know, whatever they want to call it now, thing that I'm trying to get people to understand is COVID hasn't gone anywhere. COVID is still alive and well, and it's whacking up a body count as we speak. So Mm. wherever you may find yourself,
3: listen. let's
2: uh, be careful. Let's be cautious. Let's go back to our COVID protocols. I mean, we don't have to go as a, a, uh, eccentrically and stringent as we did during the pandemic, but just some basic, basic, common sense type things, you know, um, like keeping that distance, staying out of crowds. Uh, you know, hey, if you are in a crowd somewhere and people coughing and honking and stuff, and they won't put a mask on, you put one on. Protect right. yourself. You know, right. uh, you know, you know, stay out of crowds if you can a, a, at all help it. You know, uh, uh, um, you know, the hand washing is so important. We can't get, get away with it. You know, oftentimes, brother Barry and I, we talk to people and people want to know, you know, well, what's the first casualty in a disaster? And we always tell people it's hygiene. Hygiene is always the first casualty because, you know, that's how the germs spread because people have let Mm -hmm. their guards down. Well, it seems that's where we're back to now, business as usual. No more hand sanitizer, no more washing of hands. I work in a hospital, and I see healthcare workers on a regular. I mean, they're using hand sanitizer like it's lotion. And, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I say to him, well, man, you know, I understand using the hand sanitizer, but, man, there's a sink right there with soap and water. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It'd be far better to just go take three extra steps and two extra minutes and just wash your hands with copious amounts of water and antibacterial soap than loading up on hand sanitizer and never washing your hands. I mean, even Hmm. after using hand sanitizer, it tells you after three or four times that you need to wash your hands. Or when they become physically soiled, you need to wash your hands. You know, so we we just have to be uh, mindful of these things. And, um, like I said, go back to what we know worked. Be where we know it worked because we just came through it. The honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who we know is the Eyewitness News, in advance. That's right. Told us that, uh, hey, it ain't over, and it's gonna be. It's gonna. It's coming back, and it's gonna be worse. It's going to be worse. And so, you know, we just have to, I mean, some of us we may have to go back, as Sister Sybil said on the call last night, go back and revisit and watch the criterion and listen to what he said. A reminder is always a good thing we're taught in Islam.
3: So praise be
2: to Allah for the person that comes to you as a reminder, don't get mad at them because they're reminding you of something that you should have already known, but they're bringing it back to your remembrance. Consider that a boon from your Lord. The, uh, 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 what, what, so the ayat in, in the uh, Holy Quran said, which one of the boundaries of your Lord, bounties of your Lord, which would you deny?
3: That's right. Surah 55, you know, that, the beneficent.
2: That, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, the, the beneficent. That, that's my wife's surah. That's my wife's favorite surah. Which of the bounties of your Lord would you deny? Would you deny? You know, that's it, right. coincide Go ahead, with, it coincides with the Holy Bible with the be attitudes. The be attitudes. You know, God says be, and it is. Whom via whom. Well, That's when right. you have a B attitude, the attitude that you possess and express becomes the order of the day. Whatever that attitude is, it's coming from you, and you're expounding it, expelling it, and expressing it you are affecting, infecting, and reflecting on everything that's within your sphere. And so because that is true, it's so easy for us to be controllers of our environment, regardless of what environment we're in, all we have to do is be that Attitude that we want to be present, and if we become that attitude, then the B attitudes will exist and they will always win out and take over whatever else is in the atmosphere. And that's some real talk, that's not some hocus pocus, Alakazam, open sesame stuff. Just try it. If you think that I'm lying, if you think Brother Rudolph been, you know, um, partaking in some of the goodness of the earth, if you think I've been shopping at a leaf and bud store, you know, just try <laughs> the experiment. Go ahead, brother. You know, walk into an environment that you know is toxic. Mm. Of course, don your, put on your PPE, put on the full PPE of God. You know, I was I, I just changing some words there into colloquialisms, you know, that, that's a little spiritual ebonics for you, you know. The scripture <laughs> says put on the full armor of God. I just said put on the full P.P.E. of God. Yes, well, sir. P.E. It's the same that's thing. Right. It, what, what, we taught, what was we taught in school? You have synonyms, homonyms, and antonyms where they are synonyms. They, you know, they they are different words, but they mean the same thing. Right. You put your protection on, and then you go into that environment knowing full well that you're the difference of the majority, and then cast your rod, like Moses. They've cast it already. Well, now you go and cast and let your truth eat up their lies it says we hurl truth at falsehood until we knock out its brains Mm. well the truth that we're hurling is actual facts but again unless you try it first scientists you won't have the confidence to know that you have that power so just try it on a small level try it on your family Everybody's sitting around having a discussion and you can tell the tone or the scale of the tone scale of the discussion always down around a two, three. Now you come in and interject something into it and bring that tone scale up to a five, six, seven, or eight. Then you know that you have the power and the ability to do it on a larger scale. You just have to build up your confidence first and have faith in what you're doing and just go ahead out there and do it. Or you could not do it, and you what, what's the best way for evil, wickedness, or bad people to take over? Good For good people to do nothing. So be the good. In the equation Be the positive in the equation Be the positive Force in the universe Be the clean glass Next to the dirty glass Brother Yusuf.
1: Uh, thank
3: you brother Rudolph Again uh, we're asking Our listening audience feel free To press one on your phone pad And come into the studio To ask any questions you may have We're approximately at uh, 438 p.m. Eastern time. so We have plenty of time, at least an hour and a half or so, to engage you. And uh, as we continue to move forward with the information we have, I, I want to thank you, Brother as Rudolph, we've for And we both seen to give you ahead. what you need. That's what they say. <laughs> Shout out to the hip-hop right. artists, 50 years of hip-hop. But as he was talking about putting on that armor of God, you know, don't forget those three W's that he talked about, wash your hands, wear a mask if you deem necessary, and watch your distance. Don't forget that. That's your PPE, your personal protective envelope. When you put a letter in a trifold in a business envelope, you seal the envelope to protect the letter. That's what PPE stands for. And uh, though I've been retired from the profession for maybe seven years or so, eight years or so, I still remember and probably will never forget my firefighters' PPE, a helmet with a flashlight on it, a mask to protect my head under the helmet, my, 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 my nose, my mouth, my neck, a coat, turnout coat, they call it. Pants. Yes, sir. Boots. That was the firefighter's PPE. Of course, we had the self-containing breathing apparatus on our back, and we had various tools to protect us depending on the situation or to help us with, uh i would get ready to say breaking and entering, but that was my other past. That was my... We don't need to go into that <laughs> wrong
2: audience. <laughs> yes,
3: sir. <laughs> they call it something like that. Like like Brother Rudolph said, it was, it's a synonym
1: <laughs> for forcible right.
3: entry. Right, For forcible Same thing, forcible entry is what they call it in the fire service. <laughs> but the point is the PPE. <laughs> and the spiritual right. colloquialism, I know enough to know about in the Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, six chapters somewhere in there, it says, "Put on the whole armor um, of God, that you may protect yourself from the wiles of Satan." And that the is it's another helmet. Is a helmet of salvation. Right. It's a breastplate of righteousness. That's it's right. A shield of faith. It yes, sir. sword of the Spirit.
1: Right. It's the
3: belt. The belt of truth. And the right. feet shouted with the gospel, so all of the above family, just a reminder, as Brother Rudolph said, a reminder prophets to the believers, and we just wanted to share that with you. I wanted to connect the dots. What's the first casualty in disaster hygiene? So keep your soul right, dry. keep your keep your uh 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 sanitizers around you keep it's not over, it's not over. I want to give a shout-out to the Nation of Islam Ministry of Health and Human Services who are doing the best we can to provide for our people. That's right. And yes, in sir. this week's Final Call newspaper, our dear sister, Sister Carol Muhammad, out of Milwaukee, Muhammad Mosque number three, hosted a free community health workshop on December 2nd, workshop right. stressing the importance of growing our own food to reverse disease. This is disaster awareness now for community preparedness. They had a subject matter expert, our dear brother Will Allen, of Growing Power presented a session entitled Urban Farming, Growing Your Own Food, during this health workshop. It goes on to say that um, the, the, the health workshop was called Reversing Diabetes and Other Autoimmune Disorders Naturally with Nutrition and Alternative Therapy. It was held at the Ackerson Library in Milwaukee. Uh, the, The article in The Final Call, dated December 26, 2023, goes on to say, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, their website, It says black people experience rates of poor health and disease in a range of health conditions, including diabetes, hypertension, obesity, asthma, and heart disease when compared to their white counterparts. The life expectancy among blacks is four years lower than that of whites. He's ministry of health student coordinator, Carol Muhammad, stated, quote, after looking at how drastic COVID-19 affected the community and finding that our young children are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I thought it would be a wonderful way to get together healthcare professionals who deal with natural ways of healing the body. He said, About this community event She went on to say I worked as a nurse professionally For 25 years Until 2004 When I began to homeschool my children I invited Sister Chantel As a speaker Provides valuable information Based on how to eat to live Our people do not know How to grocery shop If you look at what they eat It is not food at all, quote-unquote. And I'll just go to the end of this wonderful full-page article that says, Joey Muhammad said, and i quote, I thought the event went very well. It was very informational and opened our eyes for all of us, and hopefully it will help us to see things more seriously. How to eat to live given to us by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and it still stands today as the best thing for us. Each one of the presentations impressed me with the knowledge base they have and how they delivered, unquote. So just wanted to bring to your attention, family, this wonderful event that happened on December 2nd in Milwaukee at the Atkinson Library. Uh, entitled um, Reversing Diabetes and Other Autoimmune Disorders Naturally with Nutrition and Alternative Therapy. Shout out to Sister Carol Muhammad, Sister Chantel, Brother Will Allen, and all those who helped to organize the event, and all those who attended the event and participated. Remember, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, it's about community involvement. Community Investment, Community Partnership for Community Risk Reduction. Brother Rudolph?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, beloved. Yes, that was a beautiful event. And, you know, praise be to Allah, they were able to reach a good segment of the community. And that's beautiful. our job.
0: That's That's what we
2: are supposed to be found doing, you know, trying to get this message to those that need it the most. And as long as we're doing that and continue to do that, we will never fail in our mission. Because as Surah 5, Ayat 32 says, he who saves the life of a man. Right. It is as though they have saved the lives of all mankind. Beautiful. Which again is um, a um, correlation or synonymous with uh, scripture in the Holy Bible that when it talks about the parable, where it talks about Jesus forsaking the ninety-nine to go after the one.
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: so important about that one when you got 99 over there? Because you never know what that one is. You never know who that one is. You never know what that one is sent here to do and what that one or who that one can inform, infect, infest, infiltrate, and finally bring forth. So we are all important in this struggle.
3: That's for right.
2: In, in, in this, this, you know, that Milton Bradley uh, uh, board game, the game of life?
0: Mm. Yes.
2: But we are playing it for real here. We're playing it for real or we should be. Yes.
3: That's yes, right. you know the ministry of health ahead, brother.
2: and human <laughs> the ministry oh breaking news breaking news breaking news fresh off the wire brother Yusuf fresh yes, off sir. the wire California Yes, California And I'm not talking about the song. You know, I'm talking about going on right now, a chemical spill. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Numerous emergency services, including hazmat and other agencies, are currently on the scene in Mission Valley, California, where a mass casualty incident has been declared due to a chemical spill. Officials Mm -hmm. report that approximately 10 Pediatric patients and two adult patients have been exposed to a chlorine release and Mm. being treated. It's not a good thing. Chlorine. Chlorine. Chlorine gas. Yeah, so we'll we'll, um, keep you abreast on this story as the facts come out more and more. But just know this is going on in mission valley california for all of our west coast people or people who have family on the west coast in that area um give them a call and um make sure your 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 people are okay thank you right. gas yeah, we we have been um and brother yusuf I, I have to thank you because on a regular basis you fortify us with so much data intel on, on that should be plastered across the uh, headline of the news that sometimes we don't see in the news but are definitely newsworthy.
3: That's right. All there have been so many
2: chemicals. Yes, sir, there have been so many chemical spills over this, in this last year, especially look at Ohio. You know, they're Mm -hmm. still reeling from Mm -hmm. chemical spills and the dangers that, the long-term dangers. You know, and then on December 19th, more than 600,000 and customers were without power in seven northeastern states on Tuesday morning as a powerful mm-hmm. storm drenched the region. The majority yep. of the outages were in the main were in Maine, where about 429,000 mm-hmm. customers were without power. Followed by Massachusetts, where about 133,000 lost power, according to poweroutage.us. Thousands of others in Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and New York were without power, according to that site. So, you know, that was just on December 19th. You know, and then, you know, prior to that, On December 19th, at 8.51 p.m., Mm. at least 131 people were killed and hundreds more injured after an earthquake hit northwest China. State media, Mm -hmm. uh, the media reported, again, that was on that same Tuesday as rescue teams scrambled to reach survivors in sub-zero temperatures. So again, you know, I, you know, these things are happening in the news every
3: day. As every we speak, day. that's right.
2: Right, there's some things that's going on right now. They hear about it as you look at the news, they not. Okay, a um, here's another one. I'm just going to briefly just talk. Iceland volcano erupts after weeks of warning.
3: Another one.
2: Oh no, this is from. Just this was also on December at four twenty-six. So on December nineteenth, you had a volcano erupt. You had a major earthquake, and you had a major storm that knocked out power to the northeastern seaboard.
3: Not to mention the mass shooting that took place in Prague.
2: Four different regions of the world,
3: you had four
2: major disasters happen almost at the same time or simultaneously. Okay, so, you know, uh, I'm just saying that to say uh, it would behoove us to pay a little more attention to our surroundings and what's going on where we are and to take the appropriate actions to safeguard ourselves and our families while we can. In the church, Brother Yusuf, you know, there was a song that we used to sing. It said, I believe I'll testify while I have a chance because I may not have this chance anymore. Well, in this case, we can take the word testify out and we can simply say, you know, We need to do all we can, while we can, when we can, because we may not have this chance again.
3: That's right. Value of time, value of self. You've been talking about it.
2: Yes, sir. Time is so, so precious. It's so precious, and we have become such spoiled brats. That mm, mm, mm. we focus on everything but what really matters. We're worried about our car. We're worried about whether we have the newest Apple Watch or whether you awesome? know we have the the the, the latest kicks or you know whether we have the state of the art gadgets in our home. But there are people who are homeless.
0: There are people
2: who don't have a car. There are people that don't have kicks to put on their feet. But you got 15 pair. Why don't you give them a pair? Why don't you lose some of them that you got just sitting there as trophies so that somebody else can uh, get some value and use out of it? Whereas we were talking before the show, Brother Yusuf, about the attitude of gratitude. Right. We need to learn to be more grateful for what we have rather than focusing so much on what we don't have. And so one of the premises of disaster preparedness is mitigation. Mitigation. Mitigation is a verb, meaning it's an action word, meaning you have to do Something you have to be found doing something to mitigate anything. It means to make lessen before something happens, to decrease possibility of a major catastrophe, um, to lessen the blow, so to speak, um, to help one chances of survival be greater because of work that was put in before something happened to mitigate, Mm -hmm. to make lessons. So what is it that we need to mitigate against? Like I said, the weather is changing. Now, depending on where you are geographically on the continent or on the planet, What is the average pattern there? That's what you need to know. Then you need to study to see what the trend has been over the past at least five years to see which way this thing is going. But then you also have to be cognizant and conscious And like we were talking earlier, and be in real time or in present time in order to be able to prepare for yourself and those that you say you love so that when disaster strikes, it does not have catastrophic for you and your family. It can just merely be a situation that you have to address, and mediate. Disaster preparedness is about situational awareness, knowing where Mm. you are, knowing what's going on, knowing where you need to be, knowing how you're going to get there, and knowing what you need to have in order to help increase your chances of having a favorable outcome when you meet face-to-face with the reality of time. Brother Yusuf.
3: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Well, breaking news, chemical spill in Southern California. And we want to Zoom last night with our dear sister from L.A. Right. And she said they've been receiving rain. They've been receiving rain the last few days. Of course, it reminds me of Frankie Beverly. It never rains in Southern California. California. Well, that was his song at that time, but we know it does rain out there. And so with a chemical (laughs) spill, if that chlorine gets in the water, the water gets in the drain, it's not just in Mission Valley that the spill occurred end up in other vicinities because water takes on the path of least resistance and we don't know the wind patterns and so it could be a bigger catastrophe than what it's already been so gird up your loins brothers and sisters prepare yourself it can happen anywhere at any time the mass incident shooting at Prague I believe that was a college campus it can happen anywhere at any time. A volcano erupting. It can happen anywhere at any time. So, you know, these are just incidences that just pop up as we say in the street, out the blue. Nobody was right. prepared for it, per se. But what about uh the situations that we should be prepared for, but you know, maybe too many of us are in that category of that survey that you just don't have time to get informed and to prepare. But we know December 22nd is winter time, right. After the winter solstice, as they say. As the That's temperature right. drops and the blanket snow start to cover parts of the country, we know that winter right. is here. The frosty landscapes and the snowy charm of Winter carry with them more than just a picturesque scene. They also bring hazards that can leave us vulnerable if the proper precautions are not taken. Now, if you're yes, not sir. homeless, and, and the homeless community, unfortunately, is growing by leaps and bounds here in America and throughout the world, as you can turn on mainstream media and see even the refugees that they show, whether they're coming from Central and South America or the Caribbean, whether they're having turmoil, civil war in African countries, and what they uh, consider, quote-unquote, the Middle East. There are quite a few homeless people growing by leaps and bounds. That's a disaster. Yeah. So I just say, as Brother Brother Rudolph said, Let's consider that, and I, I have to say, even my family members are amongst that group of people. So, catastrophe in and of itself, disaster in and of itself, but it's winter time. Gil Scott Harris said winter in America, and so did Sister Soldier. Y'all remember them? Never forget. Yes, sir. Gil Scott Harris. Never forget Sister Soldier who's still alive. Gil Scott-Heron has passed away. May God be pleased with him. But back to winter in America. Number one, try to prevent fires caused by heating in your home. Although uh-huh. this trending downward since the 1980s, heating fires are a common cause of home fires throughout the winter. In 2021, types these types of fires were the second leading cause of home fires. An estimated 32,200 home heating fires were reported to fire departments within the United States. These fires caused an estimated 190 deaths, 625 injuries, and $442 million in property loss. This is according to FEMA's weekly bulletin. Mm.
0: To prevent
3: home heating fires, keep anything that can burn at least three feet from all heat sources, including fireplaces, wood stoves, radiators, portable heaters, or candles. Right. Always plug space heaters directly into an outlet and make sure its cord isn't damaged or frayed. Maintain heating equipment and chimneys if you have one by having them cleaned and inspected each year by a professional, and then you can go to the U.S. Fire Administration's homepage to learn how about to uh, how to prepare for and prevent home fires, including tips for individuals with disabilities and older adults. Now, that was number one, prevent fires caused by heating your home. Number two, as Brother Rudolph reported what happened in the Northeast because of the storms, particularly Maine, the state of Maine, number two, prepare for power outages. Winter storms may bring power outages that can disrupt things like communications, utilities, transportation, stores, gas stations, and electrically powered medical devices. It's important to be prepared for power outages. One, you might want to keep freezers and refrigerators closed. Throw away any food that has been exposed to temperatures 40 degrees or higher for two hours or more. Unusual odor, color, or texture may come as a result of uh, food spoiling if you have a generator, only use it outdoors and away from windows. Yes, Do not use a gas stove or oven to heat your home, and we know many of us sometimes don't have any other choice uh next, disconnect appliances and electronics to avoid damage. From electrical surges And remember we're talking about Preparing for power outages Have alternative plans For refrigerating medicines Or using power dependent Medical devices Go to a community location With power If cold is extreme And you can't heat your home And lastly Familiarize yourself with your utility provider's procedures during a power outage, including how to report an outage and how to stay informed about estimated restoration times. So that was number two, prepare for power outages. Number one was prevent fires caused by heating in your home. And number three, stay safe during winter travel. Winter weather conditions can be harsh, and unpredictable, posing significant threats to travelers, especially those traveling by car. Snowstorms, icy roads, and freezing temperatures can create a dangerous environment that increases the likelihood of accidents and emergencies. Being prepared can help you expect the unexpected so your trip isn't ruined by common problems travelers face in the winter. So you want to make sure your vehicle is in good working order before you travel. You want right. to install good winter tires and make sure they have enough tread or any change or stud in your local area. Right. When driving, increase your following distance from three to four seconds to five to six seconds. It takes longer to slow down and stop on icy roads. Next, every vehicle should have an emergency supply kit in the trunk. Kits should be checked every six months, and expired items should be replaced regularly. Keep family and emergency phone numbers, including your auto insurance provider and a towing company, in your phone. And lastly, if stranded run, the engine for about 10 minutes per hour to run the heater and charge your cell phone. Open the window slightly to let fresh air in and avoid carbon monoxide poisoning. That's staying safe during winter travel. Remember before that, that was prepared for power outages. And before that it was prevent fires caused by, uh, eating situations, and lastly, make a plan for your specific needs. Consider any unique needs you have when making a plan. Then it asks the question, do you need low-cost tip keeping your home warm? And so there are places you can go. You can go to FEMA.com. You want to be, you know, uh, considered of older adults in your home if you have pets. But I think I've said enough relative to making a plan for your specific needs, staying safe during winter travel, prepare for power outages, and prevent fires caused by heating your home. So I'll pass it on to our dear brother, Brother Rudolph, who will either expound or take us where Allah wants us to go. Brother Rudolph?
2: Yes, sir, Brother Yusuf. Right now, you know, that that was some timely information that you gave. Um, you know, we're going to stay right there. You, you you talked about preventing fires um, in the homes um, by trying to keep the homes warm because we know, again, you know, it's one thing to say, don't use your oven to heat up your house.
3: It's one right. thing
2: to say, you know, don't use a lot of um, what they call those surge protectors uh, and plugging up heaters and, stuff throughout the house and so it's one thing to say that but when the house is freezing and you trying to keep your family warm you know you do you do what you you're doing what you feel you have to do in order to make that
3: happen you know as they say on the street
2: negro negro please right exactly exactly (laughs) you know so but what we will say is this and we know you don't want the children or anybody to trip over those fifteen extension cords that's plugged into the surge protector that's plugged into the extension cord that's running from the <laughs> extension cord that's plugged into the street light outside. Lord, we, and Lord, so you Lord. put you throw you throw the rug over it
3: In so that something. they don't
2: trip over the uh, extension cord, but then there's a spark a surge The cord gets hot, and the fibers in the rug catch on, and now you have a major fire. Now you got too much heat. So, yeah, refrain from putting rugs and carpets over extension cords. Yeah, kind of refrain from doing that. Refrain from overloading surge protectors and uh, uh, um, extension cords. You know, every hole in it doesn't have to be full. It doesn't, you know. Um, <laughs> <where the laughs> lord,
3: lord, lord!
2: Just a little trick. Take the picture. Just a brother. little Take the
3: picture.
2: You know, find go, as you're walking past some of these lots, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, and you see some of these red bricks. Grab a couple of three or four of them and bring them back to the house and put the red brick on top of the eye on the stove and turn the uh, stove on and let the fire from the eye heat up the brick. You can even put the pot of water on top of the brick if you choose to. But, yeah, you know, just so you have some water boiling um, so that there's some moisture in the air and it helps to dissipate the gas that's in the air. I'm not telling you, family, to do that, but I'm saying if you're gonna do it, at least be making a cup of tea or a bowl of soup or something. but when that as that brick gets hot, then you can turn the uh uh eye off, and that brick will maintain and retain heat longer than just about anything else, and it will give off a good source of heat. In a certain location. That's just throwing that out there, brother Yusuf. You know.
3: No, 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 no. That's real. Keeping it you know, real, brother.
2: If yes if sir. you uh, if you get stuck outside, and you know you need, of course you need a source of heat, but you also want to get your little fire going to heat up a can of soup or cook you a hot meal or something, and you know you won't have. Uh, a hibachi or a charcoal grill or something. Do you have a uh, 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 empty coffee can or an empty number ten can from a restaurant that the string beans and the corn comes in? You know, mm. it's empty. You know, you uh, find a roll of toilet tissue and put it in there and pour some alcohol on it. Now, the uh, higher the proof of the alcohol you get the better the source of the fire you're going to get. So like 70% alcohol and just drench the roll of paper towels or drench the um, roll of uh, 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 toilet tissue inside the can and then light it, you'll have enough heat to cook you a meal as well as to heat up and keep yourself warm for a couple of hours. But that's just right. you know, just, just just throwing some things out there. You know those those um, cardboard fillers to the paper towel rolls and the toilet tissue rolls when all the paper is done?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, those
2: right there make excellent fire starters. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's in a, a chimney, whether it's in a fireplace, whether it's in a, a, a grill, whether it's, you know, outside in – the uh the garbage can on the corner you know brothers can work it out corner, you know you know where the That's brothers right. uh 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 get together and they mentor the older brothers mentor the younger brothers while they um pass around the libation to uh, uh you know the blackberry brandy to help keep the insides nice and warm, Brother Yusuf, you know what I'm talking about, I mean oh, the listeners Yusuf. may not know. <laughs> They may not know,
3: that black but, but, you know,
2: this is just me
0: talking. Right.
2: This the just hell me was you vapor right up.
3: Give me the black. Oh, brand man, brand come brand
2: on, here. man. Come on, man. Lord, <laughs> yeah. Lord, Lord. Right. Right. That's
3: a Brothers poor person's vapor rub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just talking <laughs> about thinking outside the box, and we talking about right. disaster awareness for community pet on a shoestring budget. There you go.
2: Where's Sister Sajda at when I need her?
3: Disasters on a budget, right? Right.
2: That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shout out to Sister Sajda of Moth Number One in Detroit. Indeed. Yes. That's
3: right. Disasters
2: on a budget. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. You. So you That's know, real. these That's are real. just some things, family, that you know that are real. They are real. Like I was talking about. Come into present time, this is present time. Okay? All right.
0: That's right. There
2: ain't nobody uh ain't nobody telling you to go on no website nowhere and order nothing from Amazon and spend all of that money. Hey, you got the stuff right around you. Learn how to use what you got right around you. Adapt and overcome your circumstances. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Okay. That's you right. have enough stuff. If you live in the hood like I do, you got enough stuff that you can keep a fire going a long time. There's a lot of stuff to burn in the hood now. I ain't saying burn down nothing, but there's a lot of stuff that's already readily available. There's wood just laying around. There's things that can burn that's just laying around, and you can always find a garbage can or something to put it in, but you just got to be careful about those embers because as those embers burn and go up into the air and get carried by the wind, they land other places. And if they land in a real dry place, it can start a major fire somewhere. So that's just something to think about. You know, these are just things to make you go, hmm, Okay, but again, (laughs) your primary focus is to keep warm because that's what you need to do. Keep warm for you and your family. Okay, all right, all right. Now, you're going to put that plastic on them windows, right? Okay, hold on now. Hold on, Speedy Gonzalez. Hey, I want you to think this out first. Okay, you got four windows in your house. You can't put plastic on all four of them because if you put plastic on all four of them, now you have no oxygen in that room and as just as nature and science goes everything that lives needs oxygen but that includes you and your family. Okay so you need a source of fresh air and oxygen. So if you're going to tape up three of the windows leave one of them uncovered so you can have some fresh air. I'm just saying though
3: brother Yusuf. I'm just saying that's it no that's beautiful no that's beautiful that's beautiful oh my (laughs) goodness if that's not thinking outside the box that's survival survival of the fittest you don't want to just go by what uh technically you you is being suggested you know we're very innovative as a people we had to be right coming out of the enslavement process then but we also are original by nature. And so right. yes, sir. we were the ones who taught the other folk of fire, the science of fire. <laughs>
1: you yes, understand? Yes,
3: so that's, again, the value of yourself, knowing the value of yourself, knowing uh, 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 the knowledge of yourself. And once you know the knowledge of yourself, you have the value of time and understand the significance of what it takes to survive. That you don't have to, it's not necessarily something that's written. If you're in tune with nature, you'll know what to do to survive. In right. fact, we talked about the homeless people, and we don't wish that on anybody. But should catastrophe strikes, you might want to be friends with a homeless person. Because they know mm. where the shelters are. And yes, That's by survival or the physics on their daily, we might not know it. Where we live may right. become contaminated, and we can't live there anymore. But you might want to yes, make sir. friends with somebody who's homeless because, a a uh, disaster strike, whether it's natural or man-made, they may know better than most where to go. Right. It's just like I don't know uh, when the tsunami hit a few years ago. I think it was in Indonesia. Indonesia, pardon me. Uh, yes, sir. The people, it was a resort out there, you know, people chilling at the resort. They paid their money to go there and just, you know, throw their feet up and put their feet on on social media and all that. So they, they chilling right. by the beach and all that, but before the tsunami hit, they recognized as they critiqued in retrospect, they saw the animals start going up in the mountains. Right. And people that's chilling, they paid no attention to it, but the the animals knew they were in tune. That something was coming. And we better get to higher ground. And then so when the tsunami hit, as they did their critique of uh best lessons, uh uh, uh how they say best practices, lessons learned as they did their SWOT analysis, Correct. looked at what were the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats of right before, during and after that tsunami. They remembered Oh, that's why the animals broke out and went to higher ground. We chilling. Right. So, you know, same thing. When you're in tune with nature as a human being, and we're supposed to be God's choice, Khalifa, Vice, Jared, then we should be in tune to know. I don't know if you saw the movie, Brother Rudolph, yet I believe it's on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. I don't know if no, you saw it yet, it yet, listening audience, but check it out. Leave the World, Leave behind. The
1: world behind.
3: I okay. found it very interesting that the co-producers were President Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle Obama. Mm. Without telling you the story, the plot, and all of that, I'll just say, you know, what we haven't talked about, We I just said natural or man-made disasters. And we think man-made, of course, you might think biochemical warfare. You might think uh, other than that, like, you just never know. Terrorism, you just never know. But, the, you know, one of the things that was in the movie was about cybersecurity. Okay. Or the lack thereof. Right. So what will happen to us as a people if somebody hacks into your network? That's disaster in and of itself. It used hmm. to be a time, Brother Rudolph, where we remembered family and friends' phone numbers by heart.
2: Oh man, please,
3: please, we, 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 we try and we, remember
2: we gone one there. of them now. You may, you may have a stroke.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> so so, Throw a clock. so I just wanted to, you know, I'm not, I don't know that they making more money if I say, you know, check out this movie, Leave the World Behind, but check out the movie, and then we can discuss right. it at another time. Right, that's but a training if film. The title is, if the title, film. yeah, exactly, a training film. If the title is Leave the World Behind, then I don't know, it sounds something like, come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of our sins and plagues. A amount of my people for sins have reached up to heaven, but we'll discuss that at another time. But I just wanted to emphasize if cybersecurity gets hacked, then again, as the young people say on the street, we might be asked out. For real, for real. In addition to 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 <laughs> to the to the weather and all the other things that we've mentioned thus far on this program. But let's 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 let's, let's turn it up. Let's turn it up from thinking outside the box in our last half hour since nobody's calling in, and we still encourage our listening audience to call in. But, you know, there was some conversation in our community recently about building our own hospitals or medical facilities. I know our dear brother, brother, Captain Dennis Muhammad, he's been strong on that campaign recently because of the, physical challenges he's going through in the last year, too. And then there are others in the Ministry of Health and Human Services who have also brought that question up, and there's some that have their own medical facilities. It's their private practice. But in terms of an institution, are we even thinking the need to have a medical practice or a building or even virtual. And what that takes, of course, it's going to take some staff and some organization. It's going to take some equipment and some systems. Take some information and some data. And it's going to take some sites. And of course, Brother Rudolph, you know from your profession, there are other things that it's going to take to have a comprehensive uh medical center, in terms of the legal leads of what we can do medically, whether it's on site a physical building or right. whether it's uh through social media zoom and and the like what's your thoughts on that brother Blue? well well, that's just one thing that's just one thing that's just one thing right, and then the other one is this. We talked about time, the chemical spill in Southern California. We talked about the volcanoes, the mass incident shootings, and the storm in the Northeast that took place last week. Now, with all these type of incidents, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we know that it takes organization. And from our vantage point, there's something called in the fire service, and it started in the military, called the ICS, the Incident Command System, where you talk about the need for planning, the need for operations, the need for logistics, the need for resources, both human resources and financial resources, and the need for communication and coordination. Those are the basic components, six. I mean, there are other variables that you can entertain, but those are the six basic components to an incident command system. Again, planning, operations, logistics, resources, both financial and human, coordination, cations. And then with catastrophes such as the ones we mentioned, there's another turn up, if you will, to the incident command system called the Unified Command System, where now it's just not one agency concerned about those six components, but now there are various agencies that have to work together to mitigate, as you said, brother. Uh, rudolph earlier the situation and so you know you might have the fire department the police department the department of uh public works uh 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 what do you call that uh like you said with the chemical spill you call in the epa the environmental protection agency so that's unified command that's different agency so We just wanted to take it up, and many of our listening audience are subject matter experts themselves, professionals themselves, so I just wanted to throw those three things out there and have you respond to it as you see fit, uh, Brother Rudolph, the need for a hospital, whether a physical building and or virtually, and either the incident or the unified command system.
2: Man, man, man. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now we talking now we talking my language here. Yeah, really sir, cool. brother. Uh, you own it, brother, you own it because several major hospitals right now in the emergency departments and the average wait time in the emergency rooms right now. Is about
3: eight to twelve hours.
2: What? Wow! And it's only gonna get worse. It ain't gonna get no better. So now, you, what we what, and, and, and then, he, he, it's a couple of things going on. So now, the healthcare system and all of the things that were put in place during the pandemic are being repealed. So Medicare is now being cut from people. Um, Right. uh, Private insurance is now being uh, taken away from people. It's not as affordable as it was. They're not making sure everybody has access to um, uh, uh, resources to get any kind of help. So now people are back to using the emergency room as the doctor's office.
0: Right. So, yeah.
2: In the, in 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 a uh, in the real world, what should happen? Or let me just say, in a uh, not in the real world because we are in the real world, but in a um, in a better world,
3: what Best should happen? Best case scenario. Uh uh-huh. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. What should happen is the emergency room should only be used for emergencies. That means those situations that cannot be handled at home or that could not be handled at an urgent care facility or, you know, something or or at a doctor's office. Those cases go to the emergency room. But now, like I said, everything is going to the emergency room. So, if and because we do not have care centers, emergency care centers, emergency rooms, or hospitals, we're at the mercy of our open enemy mm-hmm. to do whatever it is they want to do to us once we check in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make this statement. As a health care provider, and I know my wife, she chides me and gets me on being Dr. Doom, so I'm going to round out my statement. If you have patience with me, at the end I will level off my statement. But the first part of my statement is whether it's medical health or mental health, When you make the decision that you can no longer deal with the circumstances and you decide to go in or check your loved one in to one of these facilities, you're playing Russian roulette with your life or with their life because you're at the mercy of whoever is on the receiving end and working in those places.
0: Now, Mm. there are
2: some wonderful parents compassionate, kind individuals that are health care providers that work in these facilities.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But there are also some nightmares that work in there. And more often than not, you're going to come into uh, contact with those nightmares before you come into contact with the angels that have been dispersed in these places for you, so no, I just want you to prepare yourself for something. Don't expect the people that you're talking to to understand your methodology for coming into the place. No, for them is why did you even come here? If you're not going to take the medicine, if you're not going to do the test, why did you even come?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Never mind that you have the right to refuse any treatment that you choose to. Their question is, why did you even come? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Maybe the procedure has not been explained to you to your liking or explained in detail enough for you to understand exactly what's going on and so you have some revelations. Maybe you don't want to take that medication just because that white coat said to take it, because they have not taken done their due diligence in making you feel comfortable enough with their medical knowledge and with their ability or even with their level of compassion for your suffering maybe mm-hmm. those are the, uh, those are the issues
0: mm-hmm.
2: but that's not what you get what you get is well either you take the medicine or you don't discharge them get them out of and now you're worse off than you started because now you're leaving with the same problem that you came with but on top of that now you're leaving with a bad attitude, too, and you're frustrated because of how you were just handled. So you leave that emergency room, and you go to another emergency room just to start the process all over again. After you just waited eight hours just to be disrespected, now you're going to start the process all over again. Mm-hmm. Does it look good? I know I'm not taking a, 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 a cheery picture. Well, now let me round that up by saying this. When you get ready and go to an emergency room, or an urgent care, doctor's office, or whatever, I want you to keep this in mind. The people that you are talking to, they're not smarter than you. You know better off what's going on with you than they do.
0: Mm-hmm. However,
2: What's happening is it's called a transference. You're going to transfer some information to them. They're going to put that data into their equation, and they're going to spit out some type of conclusion. Does that necessarily mean that that's your conclusion? No, that's just the um, overstated conclusion based on the data that was input. Now, here's the other thing you have to remember. And I, Brother Yusuf, that was the show, my my wife knows, I I, love, I used to love this show. I watched the reruns of the reruns of the reruns. It was called House.
3: Yes, sir. It was called. Right. Right. And
2: the plot to it, although it was, um, it is based off of a true documentary, The plot is this guy is a world-renowned diagnostician, meaning he diagnoses those
3: cases that
2: other doctors uh, can't even fathom. Right,
3: right, right. I remember House. Yeah, that was a powerful show. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, so what happens now is House never talks to the patient, and they always say, well, how can you be a doctor if you never talk to a patient, and his line is "patients lie," mm. and the premise to that is so you never give the doctor the full story, but you want him to give you the correct outcome.
3: Right. You right. withhold yes,
2: information from your healthcare team that which is viable, valuable information that needs to go into the assessment. Um, of you, but you expect them to give you a cure to what the
0: issue is.
2: Then they tell you what to do and you want to take the medication the way you want to take it rather than taking Mm -hmm. it the way that it was prescribed for you to take for a reason. Well, I'm not going to take all of these antibiotics. I'm going to save some for next time. I'm feeling better now, so I'll stop. And what you won't realize is that you've just allowed whatever bacteria, germ, virus, disease that was, you just allowed it to get to know the medication that should have eradicated it. But now what it's done, it's been able to adjust itself to that medication. So now the next time you have to use that medication, it does nothing because you have an immunity to that particular medication. Mm-hmm. But you won't realize that you think that you're doing yourself a, a service by saving some of the medication for the next time. doesn't work like that. If you're giving a medication and you're told to take it all, take it all, because if you were given just enough over a certain course of time
0: To totally
2: Uh eradicate or kill the virus, bacteria, protozoa, germ, that you had that was infecting you. Oh, that was new. I like that. Welcome to Disaster Awareness (laughs) for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking to and how may we be of service to you?
1: Yes, it's me, brother Forrest. Brother, I'm just—that's my new theme music. The Ohio players fire. When you hear that coming in the, oh, over. okay, no, I'm watching that. I'm liking that. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, that was good.
1: So so hot. So hot. Brother Rudolph, brother Yusuf, I want I'm with your with your a humbly requested. Let me share two true stories with the audience because they they're in line with brother Rudolph just went over with. If I have your permission. Yes. Sir. May I proceed And give you what you need? <laughs> okay. So the first story is this, family. When I first got sick, I have congenital heart failure. When I first got sick, for one year, I went to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and they kept telling me I have pneumonia. And they'd give me antibiotics. And I would take those antibiotics for the prescribed time they told me to take it for. And I would feel better, and I could get some sleep, a little bit of sleep. And then I would feel the same again. And if you don't know about congenital heart failure, it means your blood is not pumping through your body at 8 minutes and 20 seconds. So when that happens, blood backs up into your lungs and it appears like you have pneumonia because you feel like you're drowning. So they think you have pneumonia. So this went on for a year, and I was ready to give up. I really couldn't take it anymore. I hadn't slept for months at a time. And my brother taught me into going to New York Presbyterian Hospital at Columbia University, which is uptown in Manhattan. I go, me and my wife go. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me give you the condition. I couldn't sit down long and I couldn't lay down long. I hadn't been to the barber shop in a year, so I had a full beard and an afro. And I looked like a homeless person because I was just, I was exhausted. So my wife and I go. An
2: angry homeless
1: person. Huh? I said
2: an angry homeless person.
1: Oh, no doubt, brother. No, the large on, I was born angry with
2: homeless person.
1: <laughs> I was born with attitude, so definitely I had an attitude because I'm tired now. The doctor's telling me that I have pneumonia, and I keep telling them it's not pneumonia. It's impossible that I can have pneumonia and go through really a year of antibiotic treatments and nothing changes. So we get there, mm-hmm. and we, like you said, brother, that 12-hour wait, we wait. We wait, we wait, we wait. And, of course, my youngest daughter, who was in pre-K at the time, my wife had to go pick her up. So my wife goes. I said, don't worry, go pick up uh, the baby. And she goes to pick up the baby, and I stayed at the hospital. Finally, a doctor sees me, uh, uh, an intern, or whatever, the, a, a, you know, not the head of the department, but one of the interns or one of the residents. And it's a white woman. Right. Not, I mean, you know, a Karen, a bona fide young Karen. So she's looking at me, and she's sizing me up, and I'm telling her my medical history, my my true what happened, blah, 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 blah. She said, oh, you have pneumonia. I said, no, ma'am, I don't have pneumonia. She said, sir, who's the doctor? We got into we got into a heated discussion. And I told her, I said, because I didn't feel like being a doctor. I said, I'm much more intelligent than you, but you wouldn't know that because you you think that I'm something that I'm not. So she steams off, boom, boom, boom. She goes to get security. Now the head of the department comes. He's like, sir, what is your problem? I said, And I began to tell him my story all over again. I guess I'm talking to House now. I tell him the story, and he goes, hold <laughs> on, and he checks me out. He says, my friend, you don't have pneumonia. You have congenital heart failure. Your heart is beating too slow to produce the blood to go through your body. I said, yeah, blood goes through my body, 8 minutes, 20 seconds. He said, oh, you know. I said, yeah, now we're having an intellectual exchange. They wanted yeah, me well, to stay at the hospital, weird. and I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to stay at the hospital because it was too full at New York Presbyterian. They wanted me to sleep in the hallway. I said, mm-hmm. I'm going back home to my king-size bed with my wife. I'm not going to sleep anyway, so I might just be home, right? And I promised to go to right. the hospital the next day, and, I, and they treated me. And, of course, to make a long story short, I want to come up to last year. Now, this happened in 2010. Last year is 2022, so I've been dealing with this problem for 12 years. I've been going in and out of the hospital. The, the doctors know me by a first name basis. I know the doctors. I know their family. I know my family because I've been going in so much. So this particular night, I'm not feeling good. My wife takes me down to the emergency room in Wild Cornell, New York Presbyterian, which is downtown on 72nd Street where I get where I had all my operations. So I'm, they take me to the cardiac unit, and I'm there, and okay. Good, I'm in the cardiac union. I'm 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 at home. You know, I know I know all the nurses, right? They're like, Oh, Mr. Parker, how you doing? fine, because fine. 'cause they're amazed that me and my wife been together so long and they come to our room for, for, for relationship advice. This is the norm that goes on when I'm there. This particular night though, my wife goes home and about two o'clock in the morning this nurse comes into my room and she's gonna give me a medication. I said, What medication is this? And she tells me her name. I I can't remember her name. But I keep all my medications listed on my phone. I said, ma'am, I don't take that medication. What does this do? And she said, are you going to take this doctor's orders? I said, no, I don't put anything in my body that I don't know what I'm putting in my body, right? And we get into a knockdown, dragout drag-out We get into a – she called security. I said, no problem. You don't have to call security. I took the IV out myself. I put a band-aid on my arm. I called my wife. I called her Uber. I drugged myself out of the house. So I was very sick. I'm not, I wasn't play sick. I was very sick. But I wasn't going to stay there and let this person poison me, kill me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I say this to make a long story short. When you feel something's wrong, there's something wrong. Don't fight that inner voice that tells you this is not right. The first time when I, and if I would just listen to the first doctor, I'd probably be dead now. The first doctor, when I first got sick, told me, oh, you got pneumonia. I've already been through that. I've been through that circus. I've seen the little clowns get out the car, and I've seen what happens, and I'm like, no, you're going to give me antibiotics. I'm going to be here, back here in two weeks. No, I don't have pneumonia. I got to insist upon it because I know academically I can't have pneumonia because I would be dead if I had pneumonia for a year. You know what I'm saying? It's just mathematically it's just impossible to survive pneumonia that long. Now, the second time huh. when I go to the hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm trying to figure out 2 o'clock in the morning, she think, I guess she thinks I want to be asleep and I'm sick, and she's just going to give me something. Maybe she thought I was a different patient. She was giving me another patient's medication. However, I knew it wasn't right. So I went home. I checked myself out against medical advice. I had to take that chance. I got home. My wife gave me bean soup. And uh, the tea that Brother Rudolph taught me how to make is a natural antibiotic, and it's ginger, honey, mm-hmm. onions. Uh, what else, Brother Rudolph? Uh, lemon, Hot cayenne lemon, pepper, pepper, and echinacea and echin- uh-huh. echin- tea. I drank that, ate that for, for about two hours. I had bean soup, a couple of cups of tea, and of course, you drink water after you drink the tea. And I was better the next day. I say this to say to the listening audience. Follow that inner voice in your head. You're not stupid. Like, brother, who else say you are smart? You're intelligent. You know what's going on with you? Follow that voice. And until somebody's willing to sit down and talk to you with some common sense with you, then don't do what they tell you to do until you are absolutely comfortable and assured that you're not. And the next thing that we always teach, never go to the hospital by yourself. Never, ever, ever. Right. And that was the case, my wife went with me but she had to go pick up my daughter. Had my wife been there to advocate for me, I wouldn't have to get advocate for myself. But you've got to have if you're not willing to advocate for yourself, you gotta bring somebody to advocate for you. And I wanna I'm, going, I'm going to sound I wanna say something to you that may be weird, but don't take Ray Ray and Pookie with you. Take somebody with some with some sense who knows your condition. Take somebody you gotta I got whether it be your mosque, your church, your synagogue your friend, a friend of a friend, you got to talk to somebody and say, listen, uh, Brother Rudolph, I know you know this stuff. I know you know it backwards. I know we're not tight like that, but I need you to come advocate for me in emergency. He, said, he could say yes. He could say no. Knowing Brother Rudolph, he's going to say yes because he works three jobs anyway. He don't sleep. He's a vampire, you know? So, <laughs> That's right. You, gotta find a, you got you to find a Rudolph type in your world. There's a Rudolph type in everybody's world. There's a guy or a lady or a sister who knows medical procedures, medications, they know what they're supposed to do, what they shouldn't do, and they know they have somebody in their Rolodex or on their, on their speed dial that they can call to ask for advice about the situation. That's my Thank you for letting me uh, chime in, brothers. I just wanted to share that true story. Tell us in the dark. No, yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, you're right. You
2: just And that's the thing, Um, you know, the hospitals sometimes they have this rule that there are no visitors after a certain hour, and those are the rules. What you need to know, though, is if you're going there with a loved one for a specific reason, when you go, you need to always sign what's called a health care proxy. A health care proxy is someone to speak for you on your behalf for yourself, and now that person legally has to be by your side as long as you're there. So it's called a health care proxy. Never go to the hospital without a health care proxy. I'm going to say that again. Never go to the hospital, urgent care, emergency room without a health care proxy already filled out, done up, written, and whoever it is that you are making your health care proxy, you better be damn sure that you trust this person with your life because they literally do have your life in their hands. So don't Mm -hmm. make it somebody that you're going to fall out with in three weeks. and ain't going to be speaking to, but then they're going to have to go and make life-changing decisions for you. And that person you need to be completely honest with about your condition. They need to know about your condition, the medications you take, your allergies, how long you've had it. They need all of that. So, it's, again, it's called a health care proxy. You can, um, you can download it off of the website, uh, anywhere, any um, um, medical website. You can just type in health care proxy, and it will come up. Uh, but you need to do that. Uh, also, there's a thing called a living will, a living will. You need to get those and read up on those and be well-versed on that as well. But these, again, these are legal documents that will help you to come back and check the game that they play in these facilities. Visiting hours are over. All visitors must now leave the hospital. And And that's true. Visitors must leave. But now you're not a visitor. You are a health care proxy for a patient, so it's almost like you're their sitter. You're, you're their one-to-one. You're their home health aide, and you have every legal right to be there as long as they're there. So that's just my tidbit of information for this show, Healthcare proxy. If you take medications, write them down. Put a copy of them in your wallet. Make sure somebody else has a copy of them. Make sure that person knows your medical history backwards and forwards. And that those are the lessons for today, Brother Yusuf. The last thing, what, Brother, Brother Yusuf, and, and and I will let you close it out so I can get out of here and get to work. Um, the last thing is, I just want to. Uh, I just want to read this very quickly, and I want you, family, as you're listening to this, to understand that this person here that wrote this was the mentor of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. His name is Benjamin E. Mays. Life is just a minute. I've only just a minute only 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give an account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Look it up. Life is just a minute. Benjamin E. Mays, look up. Words and understand what his spirit was And what he was talking about We were talking about being in present time earlier Because that's all you have the ability to affect Positively and definitely is the present Thank you May Allah bless you and your family And keep you and your family Until we meet again as alaikum
3: Wa-Alaikum Salaam, Brother Rudolph, you and your family as well, sir. Thank you for sharing that. Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, life is just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Life is just a minute, but there is eternity in it. Shout out to Dr. Benjamin E. Mays, the president of Morehouse College when the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a student there. Dr. Benjamin E. Mays was the president. Uh, thank you, Brother what? Forrest, for that great testimony, Brother. Um, it sounded like you had something else you wanted to say, sir? No, sir. I thought it was Brother Forrest that might have wanted no, to say I, something.
0: I, I, I,
1: brother brother Youssef, I did want to say one more thing, and that is everybody who has a chronic illness or anybody in your family, become an expert on it. You, your doctors or your hospital that you go to, they have portals where you can go look at every test that they gave you from the moment they saw you. You can look at all the paperwork, and you don't have to really understand everything, but you can see the consistency of the treatment or the lack of consistency in treatment, and you can take that paperwork and take it to another doctor to get a second opinion if you're being treated correctly. Don't be a bystander to your own life because these hospitals, these doctors will take your life, and they have malpractice insurance, and they'll go on to the next patient next week after we bury you. So don't be a bystander in your health uh, treatment. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Brother Forrest. Again, great testimony, Brother. Great suggestions for our listening audience to consider. As my father, biological father, used to say, the life that you save." may be your own. So we pray as we close out in the last minute of this week's edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, we want to thank you, our listening audience, for joining in, whether it was your first time or you were one of the consistent (laughs) listeners. We thank Black Hole Radio for giving us an opportunity to come before you. I certainly want to thank my co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, who definitely dropped the mic And he just said, this is just, uh, this is my word, an appetizer for this week's show, as it related to my question, why we need our own hospitals, whether it's a physical building and or a virtual medical center. And then when I asked about the incident command system and the unified command system, well, in my humble opinion, it was just demonstrated in this last half hour with our dear brother, Brother Forrest testifying and sharing with us uh, what he personally went through for the good of the whole. So a word to the wise is sufficient. As we at the end of this week's program, again, we are eternally grateful. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility, the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Our dear sister Maya Angelou would say you might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, but you can choose not to be reduced by them. Thank you once again for joining us here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. I too take great joy in leaving you as we came before you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. Assalamu alaykum.
0: Somebody In a world